Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested. Good morning and welcome to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for today and every Saturday morning at this time. And just as a reminder, we are not a sales program, so we're not selling insurance, gold, or anything else. We're here to educate and try to give you the information you need to make good financial decisions and be a good steward of the resources God has allowed you to have because you know you're not taking it with you. So you want to make sure you do the right things uh, with it while you're here. And, and, and in order to help me do that today, a regular contributor to Talking Money is with me in the studio today, Alan Cox, who's the Director of Estate and Trust Planning and Estate Settlement at Ronald Blue Trust out of Atlanta, joins me to talk about, well, we won't say it's very exciting things, but very important uh, items has has to do with IRA distributions and, and some of the uh, changing rules that are coming down the pike with uh, with all that stuff that's related to it. So good morning, Alan, and welcome back to Greenville. Well, thank you. It's always a pleasure to visit your city and uh we walked around there last night in in a few showers in the, in the here and there but uh <laughs> they're having the greek festival down there so that was yeah. exciting to be around there and exciting to be on the show today it wasn't quite as um as full as it will be today i understand it really doesn't get cranked up till uh saturday but then we thought it might be uh underway last night so that you might be able to get the the taste of uh some of the the Greek culture that we have very um, strong in the upstate. Uh, and, and so a lot of great people that, that are here in the upstate is one of my favorite restaurants is, is there. So uh, we, Boston Pizzeria is a play. I'll give them a plug. So you can go, if you want the best pizza in town, Boston Pizzeria is, is where to go. And great uh, other Greek and Italian food there as well. So, but anyway, I digress and, and make everybody start uh, drooling, talking about uh, good old pizza. Um, but one thing I did want to mention uh, before we get going, Alan, and, and it really reminded me as you and Donna, your wife were in the office yesterday, we were talking and, and, and you met Adam and Sherry for the first time, uh, and Adam for sure, and he was talking about his journey of coming to work with Plan First and not Ronald Blue Trust. I had forgotten that, that one of the first times he, or maybe the first time he had ever heard of me and Plan First was he heard uh, Talking Money. Yeah. And, and it had to be not too long before, after we started broadcasting, because he's been with a firm now 11 years, uh, over 11 years. Mm -hmm. And and so it reminded me, Eddie Holland, another team leader, advisor, CPA, CFP, he's been on this program many times, talking about Social Security and taxes, it needs a new financial planner. And so it's somebody that would be experienced, would work on his team. It's not a sales position. There again, we don't sell. And even for, for trying to get new clients, he's he this position is not for that. It's to assist Eddie in doing the financial planning because we do uh, pride ourselves really in, in a in a good uh, spiritual way. <laughs> pride ourselves in what we do with the financial planning, tax and estate. And you know Eddie pretty well because you yes. had a meeting with him yesterday. I did, and uh, he's very very sharp. But um, his financial planner, um, 
had twins and she's not there anymore and so he needs to to find somebody that can take that place if you're if you're a financial advisor listening and you want to get out of the sales rat race uh then here's maybe an opportunity to do that you can just get in touch with uh actually you can go to ronblue.com and and actually fill out an application to start that process of of uh, at least considering it we're not saying you know it's going to be hired or that you want the job but uh, I think it's a great opportunity for somebody who who really loves the planning side of business of financial planning, and, and not necessarily the investment side, but but really helping clients with their financial planning. There's a there's a good opportunity for you. So anyway, we say that. So get in touch. Uh, you can always send that email even through the radio, Mike at talkingmoneyradio.com, and I can send you a link to uh, apply for that position at uh, at Ronald Blue Trust. <laughs> All right, Alan. So, uh, last couple of years have been very interesting with IRAs and IRA distributions and the rules. And it seems like uh, every time I opened up my investment uh, news uh, newsletter or, or journal, uh, that Ed Slot, who's known as one of the gurus in in uh, IRA planning, it seemed like he'd always be saying, "Well, it's changed again. Now we're back to this, or we're back to that." Uh, so, what's going on with the Secure Act? And and because it's very important for people to know. I mean, you need to understand when you are taking when somebody passes away and you're the beneficiary, you need to really understand your options because doing the wrong thing could cost you a lot of money, and and oftentimes it's it's irrevocable. So you want to make sure you do it right the first time. So give us a kind of the highlights of what's going on with these proposed regulations. Right. And uh, as you mentioned just briefly, this deals with IRA distributions after you die. And so uh, for years, we we planned for what we would continue those deferred payouts from those taxable IRA accounts. They They were tax deferred because you put contributions into them and then right. you were able to, to defer the payouts over your life expectancy, joint life with your wife. And then in 2019, kind of as a Christmas present, okay, it was December the 20th, we got uh, Merry Christmas. You now get the SECURE Act yeah. that changed the game for inherited IRAs. It, it, it almost totally just stopped that mechanism where we could stretch out at all and we played that game for years and the the biggest change was that they required that to be paid uh over 10 years or at the Mm -hmm. end of the 10th year and so now we have proposed regs and the proposed regs the purpose of those is that the irs has has been tasked with the fact that once once a law is made that they can come back in and clarify yeah. or or provide you know some explanation to what was thrown in the real quick secure act try to so interpret now, interpret the interpret law essentially the laws so this and, is how we think it's supposed to be some done some people think that the proposed regs are actually making new law that that's not what they so there's there's right. There's some good, there's some bad, and there's some some really bad. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> with the proposed regs, and I think one of the the first things we need to determine now more than ever. And I never understood it before. I'll be quite honest. I never understood what the difference was: death before required beginning date or death after required beginning date and the proposed regs make that very clear yeah so just, there is a distinction between 
if I die before I start taking my distribution, so that we, we call that the required beginning date. Or the RMD. Which, which the SECURE Act changed from 70 and a half to 72. Right. Okay, so now, get in your mind, the required beginning date is now 72. So if you die before 72, that's a totally different game than yeah. you have death after Two 72. sets of rules. Two sets of rules. And the proposed regs make it very clear that that's why there's a distinction. I, I never knew it before. So yeah. yeah, I know there was always there was always some different rules for before and after, but now they've really distinguished them even even more so. Right. So, and we're going to get into a lot a lot of great detail about uh, these kinds of things. But um, uh, one one of the main just give us one of the main I think the main difference probably between the two. The main difference is uh, death after your required beginning date. Like I said before, we thought we were stuck under the 10-year mm-hmm. rule. The proposed regs wants that 10-year period to actually start taking distributions the year after the decedent's death. Yeah, and you have to take those over your life expectancy. That was the big... As opposed to 10 years. As At, at the end of the 10th year. Okay. So, which we thought. We, we thought, okay, 10-year rule, we've got 10 years... And we'll take it out at the end of the 10th year. Now, that is the rule if you died prior to 72 and a half. Prior 70, to your required. 72. Yeah. yeah. yeah not you got 70, that 70 and a half. We don't know how they came up with 70 and a half to begin with. But, but 72. 72. Yeah. 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 And so, so if you die prior to your required beginning date, age 72, you can wait until the 10th anniversary to take it out and take it all out at once okay those are the main differences we'll be back in just a few minutes ronald blue trust is a tennessee chartered public trust company we can serve as trustee backup trustee personal representative or what we call pr these days or the guardian or conservator of your estate. now it's very important that you appoint someone you trust who really knows you and your financial situation I think it's important to have the confidence you need to feel comfortable knowing that your estate and trust plan is carried out to reflect your goals and objectives and the plan reflects your values. Ronald Blue Trust solutions include assistance with managing trust assets, settling your estate, and even helping with a special needs beneficiary. Those of you listening who have been the beneficiary of a trust know how important it is to choose the right person or institution to help navigate the duties as administrator of the estate or trust. It's not unusual for someone to name family members or even close friends as trustee of their personal trust. You need to be as certain as you can be that this responsibility is not going to weigh too heavy on them or their family, especially at this already difficult time. If you are dealing with challenging family dynamics or complicated family structures, or perhaps your beneficiaries will need help managing their finances, and I don't mean just the investments, but overall cash flow, tax planning, and more, or if you have some very specific wishes that you want to be sure are carried out at your death, or maybe you have a current trustee relationship, but you're unhappy with the fees or the relationship, give me a call. It's worth at least a conversation. This is Mike Miller. Call me at 800-588-7526 or send an email to mike.miller at ronblue.com. That's 800-588-7526. I look forward to speaking with you. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. It's, it's a little after 19 after the hour. 
here on Talking Money. So glad you're with us. Alan Cox, uh, the Director of Estate and Trust Planning and Estate Administration, is my special guest for today, talking about the new rules as they relate to IRA distributions uh, when uh, somebody passes away. So we're talking about for beneficiaries, and it's very important that you understand those rules because uh, you want to make sure you do it correctly and, and don't pay any more taxes than you have to and certainly don't want to be caught having to pay some penalties because you didn't take it out at the correct amount, the correct time, and so forth. So we've already hit some of the highlights of that today. But if you've got a question about IRAs, IRA distributions, uh, trust and estates, uh, Alan's uh, here to, to answer those questions. And you want to send those questions to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. All right, so Alan, I want to clarify the, the amount of required distribution. Somebody is and we'll go through some examples here in just a minute, but just to, to clarify the overall uh, regulation, that when somebody is over 72 and they're taking out their, distribu- their required distributions and, uh, and they die, um, how is the amount calculated? We know 10 years is, the, is still a rule, even though it's their, the calculation, though, is based on their lifetime. So explain that again, just to make sure we're clear with, with everybody. Right. Yeah, so... Uh, the the person is over 72 and a half that died 72 72 <laughs> and and so then they uh the beneficiary the designated beneficiary uses mm-hmm. their life expectancy to calculate the annual distribution uh, until the 10th anniversary and the 10th anniversary then requires the entire the rest of it comes out all at once. Yes, all at so once. they can take out more than than that minimum to make sure more. that there's not just a huge sum in the 10th year. That's right. So that, that requires some tax planning. What is your tax situation going to be this year, next year? Are you going to stop working yourself? Are you going to retire? What's, what's the best year to take that money out? Because it could be that the fifth year is the year you want to take the rest of it out instead of waiting until the 10th year because your circumstances would call for a better tax opportunity to do it that year. Or... To, to go ahead and take out a tenth uh, of it so that by the 10th year, you're not looking at um, a, a larger amount coming out in that year. Because when you use your life expectancy, it's not going to be anywhere near a tenth that comes out. It's probably going to be, you know, 3% or, you know, even less yes, of what that right. money is. So that's going to create a huge tax liability that, that 10th year. Mm-hmm. Um, but right. I assume then it's also, uh, and you'll correct me, I know, uh, same way it used to be where you figure out what your life expectancy is that year that you die, and then you just subtract one by that. So if your life expectancy is 30 years at the time you calculate that, then the first year you take 130th, right. the second year you take 129th and 128th and that kind of thing. Right. As opposed to the 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 requirement of distribution tables, which don't you don't subtract a full one each time it's uh, less than a less than one per year change right you you recalculate yeah you're using those a lot of different rules uh, (laughs) and get complicated and and i think a lot of people of course try to do this by themselves and and this is where a financial planner of course um that's what we do to help our clients with that ronald blue trust is to help make sure those things get done right and to make sure you're calculating the, the amount um that's supposed to be taken out each year so uh, we've got a few examples that we want to go um, through that, that would help, I think, explain these different scenarios and, and how you're supposed to take it out. So, so the first time, let's say we have a client who's age 65. They die this year. So they just died, May 15th uh, this year. And they left their IRA to their daughter. The daughter is 35 years old. All right. So 
Um, how do they take? How does she take the money out? Okay, so she falls in that first category that uh, the decedent was not taking required minimum distributions yet. So it's prior to required beginning date, right. prior to seventy-two, and so the the beneficiary can wait until the tenth year or December 31 of that 10th year of 2032 to take out the entire amount. And that's where sitting down and planning, uh, rather than just waiting until the 10th year, you might look right. at what does it look like to stage maybe some of this in, maybe there's some other events taking place that they want to to plan for. Mm-hmm. And so it really takes, takes some planning uh, to determine how you want to distribute that that IRA that was inherited. Yeah, and obviously they're not old enough. This beneficiary, 35 years old, is not old enough to take advantage of a qualified charitable distribution, which they couldn't do anyway with an inherited IRA. Uh, but they could still make a gift and and hopefully be able to to itemize the deductions. People got to be careful with that too. They The standard right. deduction is so much higher now. They they think, oh, I'm going to give a $10,000 gift, but I'll be able to tax deduct it. Well, no, not really because because the standard deduction is already way higher than that. So you're not going to be able to do that. So, And we've talked before about trying to, to bunch deductions where you take, okay, if you want to make a, a, a larger contribution in one year, maybe go ahead and make your next two or three years contributions in advance that same year to get you above the standard deduction so that you can actually tax deduct some of that all right that's that's kind of a different planning idea we've talked about some of those before all right so next example the client's 65 still client is 65 dies same day made 15 but but they don't name a beneficiary there's no beneficiary named so what's the default beneficiary what happens in that case yeah so that's uh that's where the surprise comes into us is that um you don't get the 10-year rule it's the old five-year rule if you did not have a designated beneficiary because your so, state's the beneficiary now. So the five-year so rule. So if you applies. have if you have a beneficiary, and we can go through some detail as to what qualifies as a designated beneficiary, but that's a technical term that's used in the code and the regs is a is a designated beneficiary. And if you have a non-designated beneficiary, you're back to the old five-year rule. Remember, Secure Act extended the five-year rule to the 10-year rule right. but now that that 10-year rule is used in only certain circumstances right. it's it's used where if you don't have uh, a qualified beneficiary you still default to that five-year rule the yeah. 10-year rule is basically applies to all beneficiaries that are are not in this special category yeah. of beneficiaries we'll talk some more and about we'll talk that. More hopefully about we'll that. have more time to do that but yeah. let's switch to the phones first and uh, pick up lawrence who's calling us from moore the big city of moore south carolina good morning uh, lawrence and welcome to talking money good morning and thank you yeah you're welcome what could we do for you uh i think the uh, previous caller may have uh, answered some of my question although the ages are different uh, wife passed away earlier this year at age 70 We've okay. got a moderately small IRA in a stock brokerage account. Uh, I am the beneficiary. I uh, just need to consider the RMDs and at what stage, what age, so forth. All right. So let's uh, make sure we get the, the ages correct. So your your wife passed away, but she was age 70? Yes. Okay. And so she has not started her required minimum distributions, obviously. And you're the primary beneficiary? Yes. Okay. And how old are you? 
Seventy-four. Seventy-four. All right. So, Alan, what's the what's the situation that Lawrence needs to be thinking about? Well, Lawrence, you uh, you just actually set up uh, this first special kind of beneficiary. <laughs> so, <laughs> way to go, Lawrence! <laughs> before we could even get to it, so the spouse is the one that that actually is the first category of a special exception beneficiary. So the spouse has special privileges that no other beneficiary has. And the first is that you can actually roll that IRA over into your account and treat it as your IRA. You're over Mm -hmm. 72, and so therefore you you would have to take minimum distributions uh, off of that. Based on his life expectancy. Based on your own life expectancy. Uh, you could leave it in the spouse's account, and then when she would have turned 72, you can start taking distributions out at that point. So this would be a, a beneficiary IRA? Yes, it so would be it, it would stay. It would stay in her name, but she'd be deceased, so it would be with you, her name, with you as beneficiary. Right. And then you wouldn't have to take it in distributions uh, for a couple of years. A couple of years. And, and you're, you're going to have a slightly lower required payout at 72 than you would at uh, the 74, but not much. It may be, you know, that that's one of those things you just have to plan as to whether or not it would be more advantageous and easier to manage. So, Lawrence, we, we have a hard break coming up here. Uh, do you want to hang on during the break and we can uh, continue this conversation? Or did you get enough of your answer already? I think that handled it. I thank you so much, and you have a fine break. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Lawrence. We'll be back with more of Talking Money in just a few minutes. The answers to most financial questions are uncovered when you understand that there are only really five uses of money, and when you know exactly how much you are spending on each of those uses. At Ronald Blue Trust, our comprehensive financial planning process helps you plan for living expenses, debt, savings, taxes, and giving. Well, let's focus on saving for retirement. Planning for retirement is much more than a magic number that answers the question most people think of retirement planning, how much is enough? You need to know the answer to that question, but other questions are important to consider as well. Questions like, how will I determine what my next chapter is? How can I use my savings and investments in a tax-efficient manner? How will inflation, investment returns, and personal decisions impact my time frame? As you approach retirement, don't look at it as an end, but rather as a beginning. We don't sell any products at Rundle Blue Trust. We are fiduciaries whose only desire is to help clients be the best stewards they can be with the resources God has given them. Rundle Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money because we want you to get the answers to your questions about money with no hidden agenda to sell anything. If you'd like to learn more about Rundle Blue Trust, to find out if we can help you, please call 1-800-588-7526 and tell Chelsea you heard Mike Miller talking about Rundle Blue Trust on the radio. It would be my pleasure to speak with you further. Once again, our phone number at the Greenville office is 1-800-588-7526. Now let's go back to Talking Money to answer more of your questions. And we are here to answer more of your questions. Send that question to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. Very, very simple to send a question. It's easy. Or you can always go to the website and you just go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com 
to listen to shows that we have archives and we're we uh, are going to be able to start archiving going back to the first of 2020 as opposed to just six months so we'll be able to put a couple years here on talking money which goes back probably far enough to catch most of the the information that you'd want to catch but you can go by topic so you just click on the topic that you're or or um, type in the topic that you're searching for and it'll come up so estate planning or taxes or insurance annuities uh, investments whatever it is and it'll it'll come up with the shows that we have tagged where we talk mostly about that particular topic it'll it'll come up with all those so you can list the the one or two or three or four however many programs there are that we've talked about that and you can get some good information and i really encourage those who are, are maybe uh, buying in a uh, considering buying an annuity or gold uh, that you go back and listen especially the annuities because there's a lot of misinformation about annuities a lot of information misinformation about social security we've had several programs i mentioned eddie holland has been on a number of times giving us the real story about social security and and you can go back and listen to that it just it'll just make you a, a more even if you decide to buy the annuity or decide to take social security the same time you thought you were going to anyway this would just help confirm in your mind that yes that was the right time to do that because i listened to this other information on one of our programs that helped solidify that or maybe just give you some better questions to ask the person who's trying to sell you whatever product they're trying to sell you so lawrence had the question before the break uh, his, his spouse died and uh, and she was 70 years old i don't think he, he mentioned how long ago she passed away but we'll say recently and he's 74 and she had an ira he's the beneficiary and so there was a couple options we mentioned alan we talked about uh the um uh, the opportunity that a, that a spouse has the only opportunity that and that someone has uh, that a spouse has that special privilege they can roll it over into their own ira probably the simplest thing to do from an administrative standpoint just roll it into your own ira you just take out the distributions the same at the same rate you were taking your own distributions and and that's fine and and then you can do qualified charitable distributions out of that which we've talked about in previous years uh, or you can leave it in the uh, deceased spouse's name with you as beneficiary and then have to start taking the money out then so i know alan right. you were wondering was there still a 10-year limit on that and if you're able to find that or not because so, we want to make sure we get the right information to right. our listeners right and i want to clarify too that that if you use the spousal rollover, your your RMDs, your required minimum distributions, are calculated over the uniform table, which is a which is a better calculation better than yeah. than the single life um, that that you would have to be with. That's the same table that he would have used anyway, right? The right. unified uniform uh, right. table, right? Yeah. And so, uh, if you leave that account as a beneficiary IRA, um, you, you would have to start uh, taking the distributions out when the spouse would have turned 72. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is what they call an outer limit now, which means that it, it would either be at the end of the spouse's life expectancy or 10 years after the death of the spouse whichever comes first so it's earlier of the life expectancy and in this case probably the 10-year period is going to come first yeah i would think so she's she was 70 so um you know life expectancy is probably 120 now yeah um is what they're pushing out there so in yeah, other words yeah, you right they changed all that yeah. so you still have that outer limit mm -hmm. and they they 
they did come in and kind of uh, fill the gap where they think that there might be some abuse that would take place to where you would go ahead and start this this life expectancy payout mm-hmm. and get up to year nine and say, hmm, I think I'm going to roll this over into my IRA. Into into the other yeah. spouse's IRA. Right. Okay. And they're, they, that, they, they, they closed that gap. They're not going to allow you to play that game. So... So can you do that though before like when when she would have reached 72 and you have to start taking distributions can you roll it over before you start taking the 10 year distributions and put it into your own IRA? I don't think so. I so think you're you're really think you, probably over I think you have to make that decision as to whether or not you're going to roll it over or whether you're going to uh take out the yeah the RMD. So depending on the size of that IRA you may want to it may be um most tax advantageous over the long haul to go and roll it over to your own IRA and take it out based on the uniform tables that are longer anyway, right. instead of trying to play the right. game and leave it in her name right. and not take anything out for a couple of years, go ahead and roll it over to your own IRA. And so Lawrence, that may be a better option depending there again on the size and what other, what other circumstances mm-hmm. are with what needs you might have for the money or what gifts. Cause you could always make gifts, um, out of that IRA as well. So, um, it's, um, it just depends really on your, your situation. Any other thoughts on that, Alan, before we head to another example? Um, <clears throat> no, no. Okay. That's, that, right. I mean, that's, that's basically probably the best advice for him. Yeah. All right. Another example. We're trying to go through these examples. As I, I think that helps people understand all these rules more than just trying to just dictate the rules and, and do a lecture on them. All right. So we have a client now is age 85. So our other examples, the clients were age 65. Now the client's age 85 and they die this year, July, July 1st this year. So they're going to, they're going to die. They don't know it yet. I guess they're going to die <laughs> July 1st of this year and, and leave the IRA to the daughter. But this case, our, the daughter is age 60 instead of 35. So they die, of course, after their required beginning date, their RMD date, and, but the daughter is 60. So what's the uh, requirement there for distributions as a beneficiary? Okay, so she has to start taking that out based upon her life expectancy. So if the, if the RMD wasn't taken out for this year, that will have to be taken out based mm-hmm. upon the decedent's calculation. Right. So that one has to take out first. And then you would start taking it based upon the the life expectancy of the daughter life. And then by the 10th year, she has to take out take whatever out, she take didn't out, take out. Yeah. Take out the remaining balance. Right. So the, the annual distribution is based on her life expectancy. The 10th year, it all comes out. Uh, and that's where we mentioned earlier in the, in the program today about want to do some tax planning. Cause you don't have to do it that way. You can take out more in those first nine years so that the 10th year is not a huge amount. Right. And being over uh, the daughter being, at 60 um you know she starts taking social security at at you know 67 so mm-hmm. that right. she pushes it not even 65 but 67 mm-hmm. um and then she starts taking these minimum distributions and gets taxed on a, a big withdrawal mm-hmm. in that 10th year that could tax her social security. So that's why it's important to do tax planning on this because um, you you may be at a level to where you're not even taxing 
your social security. And I don't know if people on the call realize that, you know, if your income exceeds a certain level, you're going to, you're going to pay income tax on your social Social security Security benefits. Yeah. We've talked about that before up to 85%. If it gets above 44,000, the adjusted gross income above 44,000. It, but it also could affect, and we've talked about this before uh, your Medicare premium. So with the Medicare premium based on income, that if you take out a big chunk that year, when they when they look at that two years later to determine what your Medicare premium should be, you could be could be racked up to get the higher premium because you took it all that one year. Where if you'd taken that over time, maybe you would have avoided having that happen at all. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. A lot of different things to talk yeah. about. Okay. So now the same clients, age eighty five. And we're going to talk about this after the break, Alan. All right, we're going to take our last break, and uh, so we're okay. te- we're teeing it up here. Uh, Eighty-five dies the same day, July first, twenty twenty-two, but didn't name a beneficiary. In the other scenario, they left their uh, daughter, who is sixty, the beneficiary. Now we're not we're not going to have a beneficiary. So we'll talk about that. When we get back for our last segment of talking money. If you got a question for me mm-hmm. and for Alan, our special Alan Cox, our special guest here, talking about. Uh, estate trust planning, estate settlement, IRAs, and those kind of things. We'll be right back. Most of you have heard the saying, it's not what you earn, but what you keep. With all of the tax laws and legislative changes, how do you successfully navigate the complex, always changing, and mostly confusing tax system? More importantly, how do you best take advantage of these changing laws in order to improve your financial stewardship and accomplish your goals? Unlike tax preparation, tax planning is a year-round process and should be an important part of your financial plan. It's wise to consider tax reduction efforts in light of your overall goals. At Ronald Blue Trust, our tax planning process includes things like short and long-term tax projections, understanding tax consequences of financial and life decisions, estimating marginal and effective tax rates to, among other things, avoid that dreaded tax bracket creep. Coordinate with your tax preparer and looking for tax savings opportunities through income shifting, deferring income, deduction planning, and other timing strategies. For more information about our Greenville team and the credentials and experience of each of them, go to ronblue.com forward slash Greenville. Sherry White, Jeremy Weaver, Scott Clark, and Eddie Holland are the team leaders with a supporting team of certified financial planner professionals working right alongside of them. Feel free to contact any of them directly or give me a call at 1-800-588-7526 and I'll be happy to discuss your situation with you. The phone number again is 1-800-588-7526 or go to ronblue.com forward slash Greenville. Let's return now to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for today. And of course, we enjoy having the caller, so we don't have much time left. So we're going to switch quickly to Ken, who's calling us from Simpsonville, South Carolina. Good morning, Ken, and welcome to Talking Money. Thank you, sir. What can we do for you? Uh, I worked for this company for almost 19 years. Okay. And when I retired, I had a pretty good-sized 401k. Okay. So I talked to another fellow, and he was telling me about this unrealized tax program. So I went into it, into a stock brokerage account. I paid my base, what all I had put in okay. over the years. I paid the base on it, like 91, 92,000, right. and I paid about $17,000 or something in on taxes. Okay, when the, when the stock market went sour, 
I rolled it over to, I sold my stock brokerage account and went into a money market account. Okay. Now, <clears throat> I'm having problems trying to find out from the company I work for and the, the people I'm with now, they can't come up with my cost base on this last in the in the money market. So I don't know which way to go here, you know? Hmm. All right, so so you owned obviously you owned company stock inside the four hundred one k, right? And so when and when you left that, and I forget the what's Un, that, what's unrealized that un, no. unrealized appreciation. It's uh, yeah there's under ten forty two. Yeah, there's you, a, you there's basically a name for it. Yeah, distribute so, that out, but the so the, you pay tax the requirement. On your, the requirement for that is that you uh, keep it invested in stocks, uh, publicly traded stocks okay and 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 when you converted that i believe you triggered the gain on that well typically i mean when you when you take it out you pay taxes on the cost on the cost basis but then you you're you're continue to hold the stock and then and then eventually you sell it and you get long-term capital gain treatment on the difference instead of having to pay ordinary income tax on it is that what is that was that's how it was explained to you well, I think so. Okay, so when uh, what's confusing to me is when you say they they won't they can't tell you the basis on the money market account. You should have already had the basis on it when you took the money out as in kind as as stock. That that was what you paid taxes on was the basis. So they should have told you the basis at that time. Right. So what? And then you sold it in the brokerage account. And right. and you already knew what your basis was when you paid the taxes on originally. So when you sold that, then the you would have paid long term capital gains on that gain, and then you put it in a money market account. Now there's that's the taxes are done at that point. That's my understanding. So I what what exactly are you looking for in addition to what I just said? Well, they they say they can't come up with it. See, when I went into the unrealized taxes, I paid the. You know what I had, my cost I had, and they matched my, you know, stock every every two weeks. They would match my, you know, put fifty percent of right. what I bought. Right. You know. So what but what now, year did you do that? Let me, let's go back to that. So when you did this, what year was this? Last year was it? This year? When when did was, you? Uh, it's been about three years ago. Okay, so three years ago, when and did you take all the stock out in kind? Right. All right, so they should have given you the basis then, three years ago. Three years ago. They should have given me the – right, when I paid that – when I paid for the uh, unrealized tax, you know, I paid to the IRS. For, yeah. That should, have been, that should have been it. That was your right. basis. Right. Yeah, yeah you that was your go, basis. You should go back to your tax return mm-hmm. and, and look at the, the tax or the income. Cost basis the income that you realized as a result of that. And that's your cost basis. So when I paid three years ago, when I switched out of the company stock into a stock brokerage account, right? You're saying that I've done paid what I should pay on this. Well, you, you pay the tax, the ordinary income tax on the basis. Then when you ultimately sold, when did you sell the stock and go into cash? Was that this year or was that, yeah, this year. Okay, so this year, what you're going to take, go back to what you put on your tax return a couple of years ago when you took it out and paid taxes on as your basis, 
And the difference right. difference between that and what you sold it for, you're going to owe long-term capital gains on it. Right. Right. But that, I can't get nobody to tell me, you know, how much it is now that I need to pay. Well, you should. it should have been in your tax return. So your tax return three years ago should show that amount. Whatever amount you pay taxes on on that distribution three years ago, you're going to take right. that amount and just subtract it from the amount that you sold the stock for this year. And that difference right. is what you're going to have to show in your tax return as long-term capital gain property. Right. Long-term capital gains. Okay. That you know, you don't need a new number from the the company. You you've got I your number from the, number. no, you got your number from the company from three years ago. That's your ordinary income. You've already paid ordinary income tax on it. The balance of that, whatever it was worth at the time you sold it, the difference is going to be long term capital gain because you held it for longer than twelve months, of course. And that'll be okay. at the taxed at at zero percent or fifteen percent or twenty percent, depending on what your tax bracket is. Right. Does well, that makes sense. I'll tell them. Yeah, it does, but it gets confusing. Yeah, oh, I know. know. You have somebody uh, prepare your tax return? Yeah, I have a CPA, okay. and she's been trying to find out, you know, what my cost base is, but nobody, they, when I get my statements, when they sent me my last statement, it said cost base, it had on there none. You know, that, that's what's throwing us off. Well, yeah. there wouldn't be any cost basis no. for that because the whole amount is long-term capital gain. Okay. Except for the part that you already paid t- income tax on. So you already paid ordinary income tax on a portion of that. That right. part is excluded. The only part that you would have to pay long-term cap, I guess there could be capital gains on it from the time you sold it to, to the time you took it out because you paid ordinary income tax on the value of that. So the appreciation, right. the appreciation in that part plus all the other stock value is going to be long-term capital gain this year. Okay. So if, okay. You, if you're still confused about some of that stuff, you know, just uh, you know, maybe, maybe give me a call. And we'll see if I can get some actual paperwork from you, and I can see what's going on, and, and maybe can answer that question um, in uh, more completely when I can see the actual numbers and things. And I'd be happy to do that for you if you want to get in touch with me offline. Just send you can send me an email to Mike at talk money, talkingmoneyradio dot com or uh-huh. uh, Mike at ronblue dot com. Either one, you can send that to me, and we'll see if we can clarify if your CPA is still not sure what to do. Okay. So All right. The story is I only owe from when I sold it like three years ago until now, I've had to pay the capital gains on it. Well, now when you sold it, you, you had the distribution that long ago. You didn't sell the stock. You just took it in kind, and you paid taxes on the basis of all the stock at that time. Right. So, so you're looking at all the appreciation in that stock since that point in time. So all the okay. appreciation from the time that you brought it out and you already pay taxes on it, all right. the appreciation from there till the time you sold it, that's all should be included as long-term capital gain. Okay. I, I all right. got it. All right, Ken. Thank you for your help. Thanks for the Y'all call. Have a good day. All right. Have a great uh-huh. weekend. Bye-bye. Okay. So we got a couple minutes left and I think probably a uh, high level, Alan, uh, it'd be good to mention some of the, the trust because some of the trust provisions that they changed were actually positive you were saying that's so just we've got about uh that's the good part we we didn't we we covered the bad and the ugly but we didn't cover the good part and the good part is is where they i I mean you got to give credit to the people that wrote the the proposed rigs because that's really hard to do it is but they (laughs) actually made the trust rules very simple 
They're they're plain and simple. It takes away any of our concerns about what what if you have a power of appointment in the trust? What if you have a charity take all beneficiary? That that was a concern we had. All it takes is the first, really the first tier beneficiaries, and that mm-hmm. that's all that counts. And it, it it's very simple, but it brings into the fact that okay we now can use trust to plan and they use terms that we've used before uh, a, a conduit trust see through trust but if you have a, a situation where you have a large like our last caller has a large IRA and their beneficiaries after the spouse may be children or beneficiaries that really can't handle a a large sum of money at one time, that's when you need to start planning to use a trust because they did make the rules clear. And we now know the the marching order. There's about five uh, specific requirements that they put in the proposed regs. I hope those do go final. I hope some of the other items in the proposed regs don't, but we'll, we'll uh, it's in a comment period right now. So, uh, who knows? I think they'll they'll come back and make these these regs uh, final pretty soon. But the Sometimes IRS the IRS, uh, we, we're relying on proposed <laughs> regs for years. But these, I think, there's going to be some quick resolution. All right. too. Well, we're out of time, unfortunately. Adam. We got a lot of stuff that we did not cover <laughs> today, as as usual. Uh, but if you've got questions for me, you can always call 800-588-7526 or send me an email at mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. So glad you're with us, Alan. So appreciate you joining me again today. Thank you. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week for the next Talking Money.